Good morning, everyone. So good to have all of you with us at all of our churches. And if this is your first time at RCC at any of our churches, uh, you could not have picked a better day to be part of our, our church today because we're starting a brand new series entitled Taking Responsibility for Your Life. And I should probably go ahead and warn all of you that this is going to be one of those series that um, you're going to love at certain points uh, because we're going to have this conversation for the next three weeks, and you're going to hate it at different points along the way. In fact, you might even start hating me a little bit along the way because of the, some of the things that we're going to look at from God's Word. But here, here's what I can tell you. Parents, you are going to love this because you're going to listen to this and you're going to go, man, I want my children and I want my teenagers to practice what we're talking about. Others of you, you're going to love it because we all know people in our families and our workplaces who we really are going to wish, man, I wish they would be hearing this and living this. Many of you know people that you desperately would wish would be able to hear this. And so one of the things I would encourage you to do is say, hey, listen, folks, I'm processing something uh, that I've been hearing at my church. Uh, I'd love to get your opinion on it. Why don't you go on to our website and listen to it? And because the full version is only on our website. Now, if you go to the YouTube version, that's only like like 12-minute kind of deal. I do like a short thing. So some of you have been asking about that, like, I went to YouTube and it wasn't the same. It's not the same. Um, just saying, I mean, it's like it's not the same as being here. I just promise you that. Uh, so if you want the website or if you want the long sermon version, after you've heard it, you got to go to the uh, website later this afternoon. It'll be on there. So um, just say, hey, go to the website. Let's do it. Help me process this because I promise you there are going to be people that you're going to be thinking about. I wish they hear that. So for the next three weeks, what we're going to be doing is we're going to be talking about what I believe is one of the most important gifts that you have to help you succeed in life. It is a gift that ensures that the future is going to be better than the past. It's a gift that ensures that this time is going to be better than the last time because there have been improvements that are going to be made in your half, in your life. And it's a gift, as we're going to talk about, this amazing gift of the ability to respond in fact, we could call it this. It's the gift of respondability. Now, a lot of you don't know that you have this gift, but you have this gift. Respondability is your ability to choose a response rather than just simply reacting to circumstances and situations in your life. Now, here's the thing that all of you know. You, you know that you have no control over the things that life throws at you, Right? But this gift right here, the gift of respondability, this is the ability to take responsibility and empower things that could be bad in your life and turn them into good things. It's a gift that allows you to or empowers you to turn wrong things into right thing. This gift, it has the power to help you reverse the course of your life. 
Because what this gift of responsibility does is it keeps you from just simply reacting to your circumstances. And that is so important. Because whenever you and I just react to our circumstances, whenever we just see ourselves as a victim of our circumstances, instead of thoughtfully responding to them, what happens is we surrender our outcomes and we surrender the control of our life to something else or to someone else. Whenever you hear someone say, they made me so mad you know that person has abdicated, taken responsibility for their life, and they have given the power to someone else because nobody can make you mad. We're going to figure that out during the series. We choose to give up our responsibility and let other people have control of our lives. See, the truth is, reacting to our circumstances instead of responding to them, basically what it does is just sets us up to become a reflections of the things that we despise in life and the people that we don't respect. Which is why I love this. Andy Stanley says it this way. He says, never underestimate the power of a measured response. Never underestimate the power of a measured response. Literally, your ability to take responsibility for the outcome and the actions of your life, your actions and your reactions, I mean, it has the potential to help you experience the life that God designed you to experience. And we're going to see that today. Now, here's why this is such a big deal. And here's why I'm so passionate about this. It seems like irresponsibility is a growing problem in our country. It really does. And you know what? It even kind of makes sense when you stop and think about it because there's so much going on in our country, in our society that just kind of feels out of our control, that our lives just kind of feel out of control. And so what happens is, is it's kind of natural and sometimes it's even healthy to unload some responsibility whenever life puts a lot more pressure on you in order for you to gain some emotional and relational margin. So it can be healthy to do that. But here's the real problem. When our practice of unloading a responsibility here and a responsibility there and unloading another responsibility here and another responsibility there, when that whole thing becomes a practice or a habit, what it does, it begins to lead to this attitude or this spirit of irresponsibility. And I think we're seeing that a lot in our country. Because see, I, I think part of the reason in our country, the reason it's so easy for us to fall into this pattern that we're seeing happen is because we confuse these two things, our civil rights and our civil responsibility. See, our civil rights are our freedoms that we are afforded by the Constitution. But that, that's not what I want to focus on today. I, I want to focus on our civil responsibility because our civil responsibility, they are the moral obligations that each one of us individually have to our fellow human beings and as Christ followers, more importantly. See, whenever you hear people confuse these two, and there's a lot of people that confuse these two, and they focused on their civil rights and they forgot about their civil responsibility, but whenever you hear a person confuse these two, they'll say things like this. They don't say it this way verbatim, but it kind of comes out this way. You know, I can do whatever I want to do with my life because I have my rights, but you don't have the right to hold me accountable for what I do. However, you do have the responsibility to clean up my mess. 
I mean, you, you've kind of seen this mindset. You've seen this mindset in your family. You've seen this mindset in your workplace. You've seen this mindset in your school, in your community. It's that whole mindset that thinks, I can make whatever choices I want to make about my education or about my finances or about my sexuality, but you're not free to hold me accountable for those choices. Instead, you're responsible to help clean up the mess once the consequences catch up to me. And you've all experienced that. Now, that's what we all call a very irresponsible attitude. But here's the problem with the irresponsible attitude. It becomes very contagious. Don't miss this. An irresponsible attitude is very contagious because if I see you live irresponsibly long enough and you seem to get away with it, then eventually I begin to do that myself. And what happens is, is as more and more people become irresponsible, what it begins to do is it begins to undermine the stability and the strength of a family, a workplace, a church, a community, or even a nation. Irresponsibility slowly erodes the stability of everything that is foundational to our lives. So let's just kind of make sure that we're on the same page as we begin this conversation for these next three weeks. And, and I just want to kind of state the obvious. I know, I know all of you are very smart people and you really don't need this definition, but let me go ahead and establish this definition at the very beginning of our conversation. And that is this. Irresponsibility is when I don't take responsibility for the things I'm responsible for. Now, that's just not really profound, is it? But it's very important. Now, you got to understand, there are two levels of irresponsibility, and they have different but very equally damaging consequences. First of all, we have responsible or we're responsible to follow the laws of the land. Don't miss that. We're responsible to follow the laws of the land. And if I don't, then I'll end up eventually losing some of my physical freedom. But here's the second one, and this is one we want to focus on. But we're also responsible to follow the laws of God or what the Apostle Paul called the law of love. It's, it's what he summarizes of Jesus' greatest command, that we are to love one another as Christ loved us. In other words, we are all responsible to live in a certain way. We are all responsible to treat people a certain way. We're all responsible to manage our money, our parenting, our sexuality, our, the whole thing, we are to, we're responsible to manage our lives in a certain kind of way, in a way that's loving and not harmful to those that are around us. Don't miss that. We are to manage our, love, our, our, our life according to God's law by loving other people, by doing life in such a way that is loving and is not harmful to them. Now, you got to understand something. Whenever we're irresponsible with either the laws of the land, whenever I take, don't take responsibility for what I need to do about the laws of the land or God's law, which is to love one another as God loved us, then there is a price to pay. And that price to pay, and let me just tell you, it's true for you whether you're a Christ follower or you're not a Christ follower. You need to understand that. Now, here's the thing. 
If you're listening to us today and you're one of our churches and you're going, I'm not a Christ follower. Here's the thing. You may not feel like it's your responsibility to be responsible, especially responsible to follow God's law. But here's what I know about you. You want other people to follow God's law. I mean, think about it. If you're dating somebody, you want them to treat you beyond just what the law requires. If you're dating someone, you want them to treat you and to love you and respect you with all kind of patience and gentleness and kindness. Like if you're married, you don't want your spouse just to follow the laws of the land and how they treat you. No, you want them to be faithful to you. You want them to treat you as though you're the most important person in the room to honor you before all other people because those are qualities that God law, God's law of love teaches us to live out or to demonstrate. In fact, even in your workplace, you want people like that. You, you want people to be honest. You want people to be dependable. You want people to be trustworthy. In fact, they're not breaking the law if they, pay po- if they play politics to kind of undermine you and to get what you're going for. But you hope you don't work with anybody like that, right? You, you want them to live by God's law of love. So whether you're a Christ follower or not, you want to be around people who feel the responsibility of the laws, not just of the laws of the land, but the law of loving others as God says to love. Now, let me just go and tell you, here is the part that is going to be hard for many of us to admit. As much as we hate it when somebody else is irresponsible, I mean, because we, I mean, like you let somebody else in our life be irresponsible, but we let them know about it or we let somebody else know about it, right? But here's the thing we all need to understand is, and just be honest about as we're beginning this conversation, and that is this. Irresponsibility is in all of us which is why you are going to hate it in parts of this series. Because there are going to be these moments in time where you're probably going to discover that there are some arenas of your life where you are not being very responsible. Now, let me just tell you something. One of the most frustrating things to the people around us is when they see us being irresponsible in the area of our life and we're not even aware of it, but we're trying to hold them accountable for being irresponsible, right? I mean, you talk about relational conflict, that's a setup for relational conflict. Because see, here's the thing. It is really easy to look out the window and spot some irresponsibility in other people. But it is really hard to look in the mirror and see it in ourselves. Because see, here's why. We, we all have lies that we tell ourselves. We, we don't call them lies. We, we say reasons. We all have our reasons. We all have our excuses that we tell ourselves to justify the choices that we make and identify ourselves as being responsible instead of irresponsible. Think about it. We've all been guilty, and we're all still guilty at times. And, and we've got it, honestly, this whole thing of trying to hide our own personal irresponsibility. So today what I want to do is I want to explain to you how it all started and why it is so important for us to resist this whole thing of irresponsibility in our own lives first. And the way we're going to do that is we're going to look back at the very first two people who ever walked the face of the earth, Adam and Eve. Now, here's the thing. If you're with us again 
and, and you're not a Christ follower, we're so glad that you're here. But as we go back and we look at this thing of Adam and Eve, and if you're sitting here today and you think this is all made up, um, and you're saying, I don't know how any intellectual person could really believe this is true, I, I could understand why you would think that because I went through a season in my life where I, I questioned that as well. Um, but, but I believe it. I believe it's true. And let me just kind of give you the short version for why I believe the story of Adam and Eve is true. I believe it because Jesus believed it was true. I mean, Jesus talked about Adam and Eve and, and creation as it's recorded in Genesis. And here's my thing on that. If a guy can predict his own death and his own resurrection and pull it off, then I'm pretty much going to go with whatever he says, right? So that's why I believe a lot of things in the Bible, right? Because Jesus talked about it and he said it was true. But here's the thing. Even if you're still listening to that and you go, I still think it's fictional, that, that's fine. Here's the thing. Just, just don't check out on this. Don't let this keep you from learning a very valuable lesson from a story that even though you may consider it to be somewhat fictional. Because I'm telling you, in this story we're going to look at today, there is some incredible insight into human behavior and our personal behavior that we can learn from. So let me start by giving you a little bit of context together. So we're going to go to the book of Genesis chapter 1. We're going to start in verse 27. Here's what it says. So God created mankind in his own image. In the image of God, he created them. Male and female, he created them. God blessed them, and God said to them, Be fruitful and increase in number. Fill the earth and subdue it. Rule over the fish of the sea and the birds in the sky and over every living creature that moves on the ground. Now, I want you to understand the context of what's going on here. Before sin ever entered the world, God gave them or before God even gave, I should say this way, before sin ever entered the world or before God ever gave us the first law, God gave mankind, God gave us responsibility. He said that responsibility was a blessing. Remember it says, he blessed them. And he says, then I want you to do this. So God blessed them. And he says, then be fruitful. I want you to rule over. He's got, I want you to have and take responsibility. So I don't want you to miss this. This is the point. You are created to be responsible. And you will be the happiest when you live responsibly in every area of your life. It's important to understand that. See, that's why as a Christ follower, we don't have the luxury of shrinking back from responsibility or taking responsibility. Because ultimately, we're accountable to our Heavenly Father who created us to be responsible and to manage our responsibilities. See, as Christ followers, this is what I believe. If you call yourself a follower of Jesus Christ, you should be the most responsible person on planet Earth. We, we should be the people who always show up and do what we say we're going to do. We should be the people who always pay our child support. We should be the people who pay our taxes. We should be the people who pay our bills, not just on time, but even a little bit ahead of time. Because see, we were created by God to be responsible. And we are accountable to God for how we manage all of our responsibilities. So here's the thing. Whenever you are living irresponsibly, you are living out of God's design for your life. Now, as you know, if you know anything more about the story, even though things kind of started out well with Adam and Eve, I mean, they're living in a perfect garden and, and they're perfect human beings and they're naked and they're not ashamed. I mean, just imagine you and your wife there, just everything's perfect and you're naked. I mean, like, wow. I mean, can't get better than that, right? 
<laughs> it's amazing the responses at all of our campuses on that statement, but anyhow. But even though everything started out really good, it didn't take them long to be irresponsible with what God had given them. Think about this. They only had one rule to follow. One rule. Don't eat from one certain tree. That was just one rule. You go, why only one rule? Because the more responsible people are, the less rules you need. Now, let me just say this again, because a lot of you students and young adults, you're, you're saying, okay, how do I get more responsibility and more freedom? Here's the thing. The more responsible people are, the less rules that you need. So God only gave them one rule. But here's the crazy thing. They couldn't keep that. And the moment they sinned, what happened? Sin entered the world. It messed everything up. And irresponsibility became a reality in that moment. And Adam and Eve did what we normally do whenever we act irresponsibly. Here's what happened. Go to Genesis chapter 3, verse 8. Then the man and his wife heard the sound of the Lord God as he was walking in the garden in the cool of the day. And they hid from the Lord God among the trees of the garden. Now, when we read this, this doesn't make much sense to us. I mean, did they really think that they could hide from God in his garden? But you know, we all in our own ways, we try to hide from God whenever we are irresponsible and whenever we sin against God because irresponsibility, don't miss this, irresponsibility always brings with it guilt and shame. So we hide until we get caught. We do just like Adam. We hide until we get caught. And then when we get caught, we say something like this. Oh, I'm sorry. But I'm telling you, that's not what responsibility looks like. That's not what taking responsibility acts like. If you wait till you're caught to say, I'm sorry, that's just trying to avoid the consequences of getting caught. Adam and Eve were doing the same thing. Notice what happens in verse 9. But the Lord God called to the man, where are you? Now, God didn't ask Adam and Eve where they were because he didn't know where they were. He asked them because he wanted them to begin to recognize where they were, where they were personally in their irresponsibility. See, they're trying to hide from the one who created them. They're trying to hide from the one who loves them simply because they chose to be irresponsible. Now, here's the great news. This is why some of you are here today and you're here to hear this. Even in their irresponsibility, God was looking for them. Listen, you need to know that even though you've been irresponsible, God hasn't given up on you. God is still pursuing you not to pay you back, but to win you back. In fact, in the very first act of human rebellion against God, even though God knew what it was going to cost him as sin was ushered into the world by this act of, of irresponsibility, even though God knew their irresponsibility would cost him his life on the cross, God still pursued them. And God is still pursuing you, not to pay you back, but to win you back. Notice verse 10. He, Adam answered, he said, I, I heard you in the garden, and I was afraid because I was naked, so I hid. And God said, who told you that you were naked? Have you eaten from the tree that I commanded you not to eat from? So God is doing something very kind here. And, and here's the thing. 
Wise people understand that when someone hold, who loves them and cares about them holds them responsible, wise people understand that that's a good thing. This is a good, kind, caring kind of thing. So God is holding Adam responsible. He's holding him accountable, and he's giving him a chance to confess. He's giving him the opportunity to choose on his own to take responsibility for his life and for his choices, for his actions and his reactions. Listen, you need to understand this. Your choices are far more powerful than your circumstances. Don't miss this. This could change your life. Your choices are so much more powerful than your circumstances. See, most of us, we think that our circumstances, that we're a victim of them. And that, that breeds the attitude of irresponsibility in your life. But here's the thing that God is trying to teach Adam, is that your choices are far more powerful than your circumstances. In other words, your irresponsibility or someone else's irresponsibility, they, it may have you in some difficult circumstance right now. But the most helpful and the most powerful thing that you can do is to choose to take responsibility for this moment in time. See, the path to a better future is to take responsibility for your life. And that's the choice that God is giving Adam. He's saying to Adam, will you take responsibility? Listen, this is a defining moment for Adam's future. And here's what Adam does in verse 12. Don't miss this. The man said, God, I take full responsibility for my actions. I alone am to blame and will suffer the consequences. Leave, out of, leave Eve out of this. She's innocent. Now, those of you following your Bible going, no, this doesn't work. It's not what your Bible says. It's not what Adam says, is it? This is what Adam should have said. And by the way, men, if you're wise, this is what you will say. Leave my wife out of this. She's innocent, right? So here, here's the thing. Adam did not rise to the occasion and take responsibility for what he did in this moment. He, he did what most of us do. And let me just tell you, not taking responsibility for your life is the one thing that will guarantee you that your past and all your past failures and struggles and difficulties will follow you into the future. See, Adam decided to blame somebody else for his irresponsibility. And since there were only three people around, and because, and, you know, God, Adam, and Eve, he, he blamed the other two. Here's what he really says in verse 12. The man said, the woman you put here with me, she gave me some fruit from the tree, and I ate it. That's right, she made me do it. The first thing Adam did after sinning was to blame somebody else. He says, God, this is really all your fault. I, I didn't even ask for a woman. You're, you're the one that put the woman here with me. Like, <laughs> I didn't ask for any of this. <laughs> if you had never done this, God, I'd never sinned. Yeah, the, she made me do it statement kind of deal. You know, I, I didn't want to eat any fruit. It's all her fault. She would the fruit, made me eat the fruit, right? It's kind of like Adam saying to God, hey, you and this woman, y'all need to get together and work things out. And when y'all get things figured out, then you come back and apologize to me and we'll move forward. You know, that's kind of Adam's mindset. But that's kind of our mindset. So I don't want you to miss this. Our mindset oftentimes creates so many more problems than what we even imagine. In fact, 
Understanding, not taking responsibility creates the greatest and highest level of conflict. I'm telling you folks, that could save you a lot of money in marriage counseling. I mean, this is the whole reason for your marriage and your dating conflicts if you really boiled it down to that. And this has just kind of been our natural reaction from the beginning to not take responsibility for life. Instead of taking responsibility for our life and our choices, what we want to do is we want to blame somebody else. That's what Adam does. So God turns to Eve. Go to verse 13. Then the Lord God said to the woman, what is this that you've done? The woman said, the serpent deceived me and I ate. I mean, she, she does the same thing. She points the finger of blame. And you know what happens when you point the finger of blame? The mess just keeps getting messier. Now, here's the thing. You can read the rest of the story for yourself. But here's what I do not want you to miss. Conflict is the price you pay for irresponsibility. Don't miss that. Conflict is the price that you pay for irresponsibility. See, irresponsibility, it creates conflict between us and others. It creates conflict between us and God. Listen, every time you fail to take responsibility for something in your life, you are stepping out of line with God's design for your life. He created you to be a responsible person. And so your irresponsibility, it creates conflict between you and others. And part of the reason that God created you to be responsible is he knows that when you are not a responsible person, then you are going to hurt other people. But here's the thing you understand, need to understand. We're going to talk more about this in week three. Your irresponsibility, don't miss this. Your irresponsibility never has isolated or individual consequences. It never does. It always impacts other people. It's going to always create conflict between you and others. In fact, I think not only does it create conflict between you and others, but the one that I think we overlook the most is your irresponsibility creates conflict between you and you. And you go, how does it create conflict with myself? Well, here's the thing. Irresponsible people are never happy people. Don't miss what I just said there. Irresponsible people are never happy people. They're not happy because they're always blaming everybody else for where their life is at. I mean, something goes wrong between them and another person in a relationship, and they want to blame the other person for why they're where they're at instead of taking responsibility for their part. Because, see, you can't be happy carrying guilt and shame for being responsible and blaming other people. That, that, that's why there are certain things that you remember from time to time, like not taking responsibility for, and, it, and it'll bug you months and years later. Or you think about that irresponsibility every time you see that person or you're in a similar situation and you still feel bad because you blamed instead of taking responsibility for your life. So conflict is the price you pay for irresponsibility. See, wherever you find conflict, you find irresponsibility. And wherever you find irresponsibility, you will find blame. And we know, because we talked about this in a series some months ago, we know that blame never works, but we still try, don't we? I mean, as we said before in that previous series, blame, what does it do? It allows us to smuggle the issues of our past into our future. Blame just guarantees that we're going to repeat the irresponsibility of our past into our future. So nobody has ever blamed their way to a better future, but we still try. And what we fail to realize is that our choice to blame, what it ultimately does, it just magnifies the conflict. So the big question that we want to answer today is this. 
What do you do? What do you do when you've been irresponsible in a certain area of your life or in some relationship? Or, or maybe for some of you, what do you do when you've been irresponsible in a whole season of your life or in a stage of life? And, and now you're dealing with the conflict of your irresponsibility or you're dealing with the fallout or the consequences of your irresponsibility. What, what, what do you do? Well, we're going to talk more about this over the next few weeks, but let me give you two things today to kind of get you started. This is your homework for today. The first thing you need to do is you need to listen to your blame. In other words, listen to your self-talk. When you start sensing some conflict between you and somebody else, when you begin to kind of feel guilty or shame over an irresponsible choice that you made, when you're kind of reminded of an incident where you failed to do the right thing, pay attention to what you're telling yourself and pay attention to how you're kind of excusing yourself for your irresponsibility. See, most of the time when you're blaming someone else, it's a sign that you're being irresponsible in a certain area of your life. When you find and hear yourself blaming somebody else, it's often a sign that you are hiding out. Now, here's the thing. Just listen to your blame. And even if you don't do anything with it, you owe it to yourself to become aware of sabotaging your future and impacting your family, your friends, your relationship with your coworkers, your relationship with your fellow students with your blame. Blame never puts anybody in a good spot relationally. So the first thing you do is listen to your blame. That's what Adam and Eve both did. They started blaming. We do the same thing when we're irresponsible. Now, here's the thing. We think by blaming that we're being responsible. We, we think we're taking responsibility. We start blaming other people. And God goes, no, no, no. You're, that, it's a sign that you're being irresponsible for something in your own life. And then second, after you listen to your blame, wherever you find conflict in your life, ask yourself this question. Am I being responsible really? Am I being responsible really? I know what I'm telling everybody else. I know how I'm pointing the finger and explaining all of my actions. But am I being responsible really I know how I'm talking about how we had bad luck financially and this happened and that happened or, you know, how maybe there were some other irresponsible choices that happened. But I know what I'm telling everybody else. But have I been responsible really? Have I been making some irresponsible choices that have put me in the situation that I am in? Am I being responsible really? I know I blame my husband. I know I blame my ex. I, I know I blame my wife. I know I blame my partner, my boyfriend, my girlfriend. I know I blame my classmates. I, I know I blame my coworkers for all my relational unhappiness. But am I being responsible really? Or have I contributed to the problem and the conflict by being irresponsible in my own life and hiding out somehow? Yeah, other people have been irresponsible too, but you can't control what other people do. You can only control your choices and your attitude. So you need to own your slice of the pie. Don't ignore what you're responsible for because conflict is the price that you pay and will continue to pay for irresponsibility. And here's the thing. Our Heavenly Father, He created us to carry responsibility. And when you don't, you are living out of, these, out of line with God's design for your life. And you will be a very unhappy person. And your life will basically spiral down to this, what we call this blame cycle. 
And that's all you'll do with your life. And you'll be the most miserable person on the planet. And you'll keep blaming everybody else and everything else for why you don't have a happy life. But really, you see the reason you don't have a happy life every time you look in the mirror. So you got to be honest with yourself. And you got to make the choice to take responsibility if things are going to change in your life. You cannot blame your way to a better future. Now, here's the thing. If you're suffering from the consequences of some irresponsible behavior and you're wondering how to turn things around in your life, well, come back next week. We're going to talk about how you turn things around. But until then, I want you to listen to your blame. Ask yourself, am I being responsible really? Don't deceive yourself into believing that it's just justified and, and excusable for you because it's not. Because it's going to hurt you and it's going to hurt other people. You will not escape the conflict that irresponsibility brings in your life. So own it. In the blame game, in the hideout game, be honest with yourself. And I can tell you, you'll be glad that you did. More importantly, so will everybody else around you. Let me pray for you. Heavenly Father, I thank you so much for uh, this incredible example. God, it's an example that, um, man, is such a reflection of so many of our lives, of all of our lives, really. We've all been irresponsible at times in our life, God, and, and then we wanted to blame everybody else. We'd hide out and we'd justify our behavior and blame it on somebody else's behavior. So today, I pray that your Holy Spirit will come and help each one of us to really listen to our blame and then help us to be really honest with ourselves and ask the question, am I being responsibly, responsible really? What, what's my part in this? God, it's so easy to read the story of Adam and Eve and go, why did they do that? They shouldn't have done that. Look how it hurt everybody. And it... It's affected us as well. And God, I pray that you help us understand the consequences of our irresponsibility. It affects other people as well. Help us today to begin the process of saying, God, we want healing and wholeness in our soul. And so we're going to be honest with you. We're going to be honest with ourselves. And we're going to quit looking around and pointing the finger for why we're unhappy. And we're going to start looking at our relationship with ourselves but more importantly, our relationship with you, because that is the foundation for true fulfillment and joy. And God, I thank you that we can have that relationship. In Jesus' name, we give you thanks. Amen. Hey, everyone, thanks so much for being with us today. See you back next week as we do part two.